Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Good morning, buenos dias, everybody. We are six weeks from the year to be over. Isn't that crazy? And you know, as, as we are, I would say, looking, you know, to finish strong in this multiply journey, you know, I think Mark, as we're going through the book of Mark and as we're getting closer and closer, you know, to Jesus' crucifixion and, you know, it's been great this, this cup last Sunday, so we had encountered Jesus differently, you know, as, through, as we read word by word of the gospel. And today, I'm going to be sharing about Mark 14. And, and, you know, this is, a, I, when Hunter, Pastor Hunter told me about, so you're going to be sharing about Mark 14. Well, you know, it is like, there's like eight stories <laughs> in this chapter. So I, I was like, Wednesday, I'm like, I'm freaking out because, you know, there's so much. <laughs> and I don't have clear direction yet where, what, what, what do I need to share, you know. But as I prayed and asked and asked. The Holy Spirit, he gave me a, a very clear word, and I'm happy to share with you today. So let's read in uh, Mark 14. We're going to start in verse 1. And it says, It was now two days before Passover, and the festival or, or, of unleavened bread. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the Passover celebration, they agreed, or the people may riot. Meanwhile, and this is where I want you guys to pay close attention. It says, meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came with an alabaster, beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made of essence of an art. She broke it open. The jar and poured the perfume over his head. Verse 4 Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume? They asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. But Jesus replied, Leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you and you can help them whenever you want to. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, where, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman indeed will be remembered and discussed. And let's keep reading. I want to first, all of us read this because we're going to come back to it. And it says on verse 10, then Judas, Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, went to the leading priests to arrange to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted when they heard why he had come, and they promised to give him money. So he began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. And then on verse 12, on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go to prepare the Passover meal for you? So Jesus, and if we kept reading, I'm going to just uh, fast forward a little bit. 
to the, to the place when they are meeting for the Last Supper. And verse 17 says, In the evening Jesus arrived with the twelve. As they were at the table eating, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, one of you eating with me here will betray me. Greatly distressed, each one of them asked in turn, am I the one? He replied, it is one of you, the twelve, who is sitting from this wall with me. For the Son of Man must die, as the scriptures declared long ago. For how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It will be better, far better for that man if he had not even been born. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, for this is my body. And he took up the cup of wine and gave him thanks to God for it. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said, This is my blood, which confers the new covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. I tell you the truth, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink in the new, in the kingdom of God. Then they sang him and went out to the Mount of Olives. So, you know, as I was reading um, this passage, I was looking at two very different people. And, you know, where I'd like to focus today is I'm going to focus on the woman, and I'm going to also focus on Judas. And, you know, I'm going to start with um, describing the woman some scholars in the Bible says, hey, well, the, this woman was actually Mary, the, the sister of Lazarus, and Martha. But there's still some, some uh, I would say, debate about, it. was she her, was she Mary, or was somebody else? But, you know, as, as we read in, in, in the book of John, of John, it talks about the perfume and the story. So, it's, it's, it, so it is almost the same. Um, but, you know, we're... This woman, we're going to start first, the woman, she was a follower of Jesus. You know, even if she was married, the, the Bible says that this woman was a family, Lazarus, along with Martha, they were friends with, with Jesus. And Jesus, whenever he passed through Bethany, would stop by in their house. But, you know, this woman was somebody that, I mean, she was, she was just a follower. She was not a uh, close in on the inner circle of, of Jesus. I would say on the contrary, Judas was a disciple. Judas was someone that had time following Jesus. They had a history together. He was someone that um, Jesus trusted with friendship, authority, title, and revelation. So, you know, if we look at, 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 at Judas, I, just in worship, you know, I was, think, I was thinking about that woman, you know, that went through the crowd and touched the hem of, of the rope of Jesus. Think about it, you know, Judas had access to Jesus 24-7. They rubbed shoulders together. So, I mean, there, there was a difference. And in those times, the woman was seen less than, than men. And I think, you know, as, as I was really thinking and, and, and praying, um, the woman, it says here, let me go back and, and read it to you again. But meanwhile, was Jesus, 
was in Bethany at the home of Simon, the man who, who was healed from leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made of essence of nard. And I think what this woman is, is different is that this woman was somebody that gave. I did some, some research about, you know, about this perfume, this uh, essence of nard. And they say that in those days, they would bring, uh, first, you know, the alabaster jar was a uh, kind of like a marble uh, made of calcium carbonate of uh, like minerals. So they kind of sculpted it. And then they put the, the perfume inside. The perfume was only found in the Himalayas in India. So in order to bring that perfume of essence of nard, it was a big deal, and it was expensive. Estimated cost for that perfume was $55,000. So um, it was very expensive. So this tells me that Mary and her family, they were wealthy people. They were people that were blessed. I don't know if they had businesses or what, what, what did they do. But, you know, for somebody to afford that type of perfume tells you about the type of budget that these people were operating with. But, you know, this woman, she gave her most precious possession. I, I can think about, you know, probably that morning, this woman woke up and, and, and I, I'm not sure I'm trying. There, there is no information about what type of encounter she had with Jesus that really moved her to look at the most expensive thing that she could find and give it to Jesus. I don't know, maybe you've been somebody that, in, that God has used you to give and to bless people. You know, but I can think about a prompting that, that I felt, you know, when, when God is prompting me to give to something, to somebody or a minister or whatever, you know, that is, you know, what this woman was feeling. And she knew this is what I need to give Jesus. Her heart was moved with such surrender, gratefulness, and love for Jesus. What could she do to express her deepest love for him? And, and I'm, I'm, if she was, in fact, Mary, the sister of Lazarus, in, in the other gospels talks about that Lazarus was resurrected, you know. And it was about the time when, when Jesus came, came back and all celebrated. And there was a big, big um, noise and, you know, celebration. And everybody wanted to meet Lazarus. And I think, you know, that, that kind of makes sense that she may have indeed Mary. She was led to give and renounce of something that belonged to her. So she was someone that gave. She was bold. She passed the awkwardness of the moment. You know, Jesus, was, it was a big deal, Jesus, at that very moment. You know, but she didn't care. She pushed through the crowd. And she opened that, that jar and poured out the, the perfume on Jesus. And now let's look at the other country. Let's look at Judas was somebody that took. Judas, Judas took from Jesus his time, his friendship, 
his teaching and even Jesus' money. <laughs> the Bible says that he would steal from the offerings. Someone that takes is someone that only looks after his or her needs first. Someone that tooks, takes is somebody that looks always after their own interest. At the end of the day, for Jesus, it was about the money. The money that he would receive to, to betray Jesus. And this spirit of betrayal starts with selfish focus. When you shift your focus to, how about me? How about my feelings? How about my needs? That's when the, the shift started shifting. And you know, I... I it's very interesting. It's like how did Judas, to being in that such, such a privileged place, how did his heart turn? How did his, how did that happen? The Bible says that um, in, in, in John, that Satan prompted Judas to betray Jesus. But, you know, that prompting, sometimes we think, oh, suddenly it was possessed and Judas went and did all these bad choices. But no, it started with a whispering. It started with a thought. What if he's not really the son of God? What if, if this is not really true? I would say is if we look at back at the women... You know, this woman was from a wealthy position. And the next point here is the woman had a humble spirit. The woman was from a wealthy position. She didn't care what the people thought. John 12 says that the perfume was poured over Jesus. And if this woman indeed was married, the Bible says that she wiped the perfume with her hair. So, you know, she took a position of a servant. She probably had many servants. But, you know, her heart was led to take a low position and clean Jesus' feet with her hair. You know, so is, um, on the other hand, we have a, a critical spirit with Judas. Judas criticized the woman and, and judged the women verbally. Ju Judas didn't hold back to expose or call out the women in front of everyone. Jesus fe Judas felt compelled to rebuke this, this action. And I think what surprises me is Judas' easily ability to make a judgment on somebody. Judas had this attitude, I know better than these people. It's a, a critical spirit, a spirit of judgment. And I think this, as, as we're going through these characteristics, I want you guys to look into, because, you know, sometimes if there was this, this part in the story where Jesus defended the woman. So be careful that if you are somebody that are judging others, that you, Jesus may defend them against you. The 
So we have a humble spirit and a critical spirit. We keep, keep moving on. It says, um, the women recognized Jesus. She knew that this was not just an ordinary preacher or just a uh, rabbi or, or just whatever religious person know, but she knew that, that this man deserved this $55,000 perfume. On the other hand, we look at Judas. He disqualified Jesus. And coming back, you know, there was, there was a change in Judas's heart. From a heart of a disciple to a heart of doubt that led to disbelief, to led to anger, and ended up in bitterness. Why such a change? And this is a gradual change that happens over time if we're not careful. Judas harmonized with thoughts of doubt, bitterness, and hate. And at the end of the day, Judas did not recognize who Jesus was. Although he spent so much time with him, he did not recognize that he was the Son of God and the Savior. Then if we look back again to the women, this is my, probably my last point, so I'm going to be brief today. <laughs> it says uh, the woman, she devoted, she devoted her life to Jesus. And I want to show you guys a picture. And this picture is um, to give you guys a little bit of background while we get the picture. So what happened with Lazarus, with Martha, and Maria? The Bible says, the his, history says, or the tradition is that when Jesus ascended back into heaven, the church uh, persecuted heavily Lazarus because everybody was still believing because of the testimony of Lazarus. So Lazarus and his family, they left Israel. They moved to Cyprus. And they moved, and here in Cyprus, I'm going to read here uh, this quote from what that I found. It says, Orthodox tradition also relates Mary's brother, uh, that Mary's brother's lesser was cast out of, of Jerusalem in the persecution against the Jerusalem church following the martyrdom of St. Stephen. His sisters, Mary and Martha, fled Judea with him, assisting him in proclaiming of the gospel in various lands. According to the Cyprian tradition, the three later moved to Cyprus, where Lazarus became the first bishop of Kilton, a modern Lanarca in Cyprus. All three died in Cyprus. You know, some, to me, I was just blown away. It's like, you know, these people truly, these women truly love Jesus. And she didn't, she did the, she gave her all to the very end, you know. The, here in, in this church in Cyprus, it's called, of course, St. Lazarus Church. But, you know, here is the body of Lazarus, and, and they have the bodies of, also of Martha and, and Maria. They're Mary and they're in, uh, in Cyprus. You know, they, they were somebody that where they went, they took the gospel. They made disciples. 
and you know, they, they had a legacy. And may, probably, why not, many of us may be here. Our gospel probably ended up here in America or Europe, and like we all, we all know, because of these disciples that were willing to give it all for him. Let's look at um, the next picture. This, this is in Jerusalem. It's called the Field of Blood. And this is the place where Judas ended. The Bible says, you know, that he went and hanged himself. You know, I can just imagine Judas' realization when he, the Bible says in other of the Gospels that he went and took the money back to the religious people. And he was he realized, and this is what happens with sin, when we sin and we harmonize with, with wrong spirits and we make the wrong choices. And then later on we realize, oh, my God, why did I do that? But it was sad, sad, you know, that Judas had to come to that point and, and hang himself and, and end up his life like this. And I think, you know, thinking about the legacy no legacy. I think the, it says here, I did some research here, it says that this, this place continued to be used as a burial place for non-Jews in the first quarter of the 19th century. So it became a place where it draw dead. You know, so it is, at the end of the day, you know, we all have choices in, in what are we going to do with our lives? What, what am I here? And to me, it comes, you know, I want to have that encounter with Jesus that leads me to do, give myself completely to him. You know, like this woman. You know, Jesus, the Bible says that, you know, he, after that, and we'll continue sharing this through these next Sundays, but, you know, he loved each one of us, you know, that, that was the main purpose that he came here on earth. Because he saw each of you, each, each, of, each one of us. And he wanted to bring us back to the, the Father. And the only thing that could fix that would be the sacrifice. He sacrificed on the cross. Right. And you know, as we are thinking about giving, and this doesn't have to do with the uh, Tithes and offerings or, or that, but, but this, I felt this strongly from the Lord, you know, that some of you that the Lord has called you to be somebody that gives in abundance to bless others, you know. This is one of the, if we look at this story, the, Jesus said, you know, this woman, where, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. You know, I, I did not hear about this person singing to Jesus. But, you know, it was somebody that let go of something precious and gave. And I feel that if you have that calling in your life, I just want to encourage you, do not be discouraged. Because the Lord is going to use you to build great things for the kingdom. There's so much work to be done. There's so much to be given and I just want to encourage you to don't give up. Continue sowing because you will reap.
Why don't we close our eyes right now? And I'm not sure in what stage in your life or what you're going through today. But that same Jesus that we don't know what he did for this woman that he was so grateful is here today and he has been seeking you and I don't think it's a coincidence that you are here today he brought you here because he wants to be close to you and he knows that all the mistakes you've done he's aware of them but this morning is a, a, a pivot time to change. God brought you here because he wants to encounter you. And today is, gonna, is a day of opportunity. Today is a day of surrendering your life to Jesus. And today is, there's, there is this invitation to follow him. And he is looking into your eyes right now, there where you are. There's nothing so dark. There's no pain. So painful that he cannot take you out of there. He's extending his hand to you. You've been praying, you've been asking for help. And today he's revealing to you with his stretched arm to take you out of where you are. If that's you today and you recognize that you need to, to repent, that you need to change, I want to invite you today. If, this, if, if that's you, I want to encourage you. Lift up your hand. We want to pray for you. We want to give you an opportunity to come close to the one that gave it all for you. Today is a time of, uh, this is a time of reconciliation with the Father. If you are there in your seat today and you say, you know, I need to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, I want to encourage you. Lift up your hand. We want to pray for you. As a body of, of, of Christ, we want to help you. another calling and I feel that this is a calling for if it's a calling of, for repentance if you've been somebody that you've been in the church but you're in a place where your heart has slowly slowly 
God called. Where all things now, it's all about you. And you recognize now your eyes are being opened. And you recognize that now all things are all about you. You're being critical of others. And you have backslide. You betrayed Jesus. Feel that the, today is a day of grace, a day of repentance. And you know, I've recognized that my times, times in my life, I've been harmonizing with thoughts of of criti criticism, of of. Uh, of being selfish and giving forgetting about Jesus if that's you today I just want to encourage you come to the front today we want to pray for you we want to pray for the grace of God to take you back to the place where you started and I'm going to we're going to play this song right now. And I, I, as, as you're listening to it, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit continue to speak to you, continue to bring conviction to your heart. So that's the second calling. My third calling is for those of, of you who, uh, who you have a calling of giving. Feel that the Lord wants to infuse something new in you today. I think the Lord, the Holy Spirit wants to minister at you today. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through His Word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.